everyone. My name is Dana. I'm the founder of Energy Think. I'm so excited to be here today talking to you guys about life. I had a really, for the most part, happy childhood. I grew up in Canada. I grew up in Toronto, Canada. I was one of two girls in a conservative, I'd say my family was pretty conservative um, family growing up, upper middle class, middle to upper class, middle class in uh, a little suburb in Toronto. And uh, my childhood was happy. I actually considered the one of the main reasons it, it to be so wholesome and happy was because I was lucky enough to be placed in a gifted program when I was about seven years old. And that took me out of what would have been my local community school system. And it bust me out to some really far off corners in Toronto with a group of people who did not come from homogenous backgrounds, all different ethnicities, obviously same age, but all different locations around the city too. But all we had in common was this, I guess, propensity for a certain kind of academic aptitude. And we were all like-minded in that way. So I think from age seven to about age 14, I was really focused on school. Like my excitement came from winning spelling bees and that's not an exaggeration. That was really something I cared about. <laughs> and I didn't care about what clothes I wore or what kind of car my parents had, or if I was the most popular kid, which I think around those ages, people do pay quite a lot of attention to. So yeah, I think my childhood was really happy. My family, was, I was lucky enough to come from two parents who were stable in their marriage and they were very loving and very supportive. They were different from each other. And I would say I was a bit more like my mother. My mother was a very pragmatic person, but also very free spirited. Like she was very wild. She has a bit of a wild side. And my father is very grounded. He comes from a very traditionalist family. Everyone on his side of the family was either an engineer or an accountant or a lawyer. And he was also a lawyer, is a lawyer. And um, that did play a role in my upbringing because I had a lot of natural wildness and a lot of natural free-spirited energy. And I always wanted to explore things that were not really within a category that was fully acceptable to my family. And as I got older and wanted to exert this independence, for example, wanted to try acting or more artistic pursuits that wasn't really allowed. The idea of having a traditional career was, was a, a very prominent theme in both my life and my sister's life. So that, that caused conflict whenever there was a departure from that. And I think that that really influenced me because my father's approval meant quite a bit to me. I think his, his natural disposition was one of conservatism. So a lot of withholding, not intentionally, but just in personality. There's just a, a more reserved approach to life, whereas my mother was very effusive and gave lots of hugs and gave lots of love and praise all the time. But to get my father's approval, it was a little bit more challenging. And I think that that kind of dynamic impacts a child. So my mind was very much 
geared towards trying to meet those expectations. And as a result of that, I, I did focus a lot on school, which I'm so thankful for. And I did end up going to law school. I always knew that I wanted to have a lifestyle that was different than my parents. My parents were, my mom was a, she worked nine to five at a company and she, I mean, she excelled. She ended up buying the company and becoming CEO, CEO of it. And it was really impressive. And my father was a lawyer, as I mentioned, and his hours were really long and his weekends were very work laden. And so I realized that I wanted to have a lifestyle that was more flexible. And I didn't know what that meant, but I did know that it was probably going to be a little less traditional than working in a law firm. However, because there was as much pressure as there was in my family and because there's much as much encouragement. I mean, there's, there's a lot of benefits to having such a stable career as a lawyer. I was convinced to apply and eventually go to law school. And uh, like I said, I knew I wasn't always going to practice, but I, I did end up practicing. And that was largely because it was a dream of mine to go to New York City. I was very ambitious. I wanted to be in the biggest loudest, fastest city that there was. And I wanted to get there um, independently. So that was the best way for me to be able to support myself. So I did end up doing that. I did end up getting a, a, a position as an associate at a, a major white shoe law firm in New York. And I, I did that for a period of time. A uh, combination of my law career and some investment banking I did for a while, I spent about five years in the corporate world. My experience in going to law school was wonderful because it was truly a, an education in how to think. And I never, I would never ever steer anyone off doing that. I would never regret it. It was a wonderful use of my time. It really teaches a person how to take the facts that are in front of you and discern whether or not a fact is relevant to what you're trying to uncover or whether it's superfluous, whether it's just noise. And so I really appreciate my time at law school. My time at my law firm, also very educational and uh, growth inspiring, but in a very different way. It was more of a, um, a hot oven, kind of like a kiln that was able to make very clear things I already knew, but wasn't really confident in, in understanding myself. So to understand, okay, this is, this kind of structure is not going to work for me. And I spent my three and a half years at my law firm, really trying to be the thing that the law firm expected me to be. I had one friend at my law firm um, who's one of my best friends and she was going through the exact same thing. And she was pretty much the only person going through the exact same thing as I was. Everybody had their own you know, journey, some much better than others, but we both felt very um, out of place yet compelled to play a role that we felt we, we really respected and that we felt was really needed in order to be seen as a professional and to be taken seriously. You know, you wear the right thing, you show up in the right way, you have the right amount of um, sort of uh, subordination, you have the right, right amount of um, demure in your attitude, but there was no room for creativity. There was no room for expansive thought. Uh, it really is the kind of organization and organizational structure that rewards um, 
and an appreciation of hierarchy and appreciation of authority, which we were both able to do. I was able to do that, but it wasn't my truest nature. It was just a part of me that I had become very good at and, and very uh, you know, aptly trained in. And so that experience was uh, eye-opening because there were real moments of just, it felt like a part of me inside of myself was screaming at me, just just so angry that I would be continuously putting it through this experience. But I, I believe that it had to happen. I believe it was much like, you know, a, a sword being being wielded, being tempered into what it had to be. I had to see that and understand it as not being my long-term solution. And so uh, after enough time doing that and enough of these accumulating feelings, because that's what happens if a person is manifesting something in their life that is out of alignment with what they truly, what their true nature is requesting to be able to experience, then there's going to be accumulation of this kind of get me out of this experience feeling. And so after about three and a half years of that, it was time and I was able to have checked the box enough to say, okay, dad, I did this and uh, I'm, I'm grateful for everything it's given me, but it's time to move on. And, you know, I kind of did it in stages. I went into an entrepreneurial space, which I had gained the courage to do. And I'm proud to say that I did that, but it was still a space that was very much corporate acceptable. I was quite proud of myself for being willing to actually make the jump from the corporate structure to a an entrepreneurial endeavor because of course this meant no more secure income as much as the law firm structure felt stifling and confining and made me very deeply unhappy it was very reliable they they weren't going to just fire me on the spot unless i did something you know unethical so to make that leap was terrifying and it did require a few months of preparation and real thought put into it. But ultimately it came from a place which was undeniable within myself. And that sense of certainty around, you know, what, what truly I needed to be happy was what gave me the fuel to find the courage to do it. So that was something I was very happy to have done. Mind you, I, I took the step as an intermediary step. I didn't go straight into my true passion and what I do now. I did an entrepreneurial endeavor, which involved uh, working for corporations, helping them manage their legal bills, which was not in any way focused expansively or metaphysically or spiritually or, in my opinion, um, deeply. It was focused on uh, finances exclusively, and it was coming from a, a real place of scarcity. So those are two things that my preference, my soul does not prefer. And so I would have to sit in front of these men who had been practicing law for 35 years, just like my father had. And I would be sitting there as a 20 something year old young former associate and telling them that they had to reduce their bill by 30%. And they didn't like that. And it was very adversarial. And that was not the kind of work that I wanted to do. That was not the contribution that I wanted to make to the world. And it did take me a bit of time to figure that out. And my husband was actually very helpful in, uh, in me making my decision to move away from that job and to move into what I do now, because he said, 
listen, if you don't love what you do as an entrepreneur, it is not going to be successful. And that was kind of like the writing on the wall. Listen, this is very clear. You know, you're not, this isn't in alignment with you. This isn't what you love. You do not love this. You wake up in the morning and you really feel viscerally that you do not want to go into this negotiation and everything in your body is saying, don't go, but you have to go because it's your company. My experience now is it couldn't be more different. It could not be a more different experience. And it's so cliche to say, oh my gosh, I get up in the morning and I'm excited about what I do, but it's true. And I think that's one of the most important things that I try to get across to my clients is that, you know, what you are spending your time doing is relevant to your health. It's relevant to your physical health. Of course, it's going to be all, it's going to be where your emotional health comes from. And that's where your emotional, that's where your physical health is derived from. How are you emotionally? And then your, and your mental understandings and your interpretational patterns are all part of that. But what you choose to spend the majority of your waking hours doing, it's all intertwined. So where you are focusing your energy must be in alignment with your truest self, your highest self. And that is an absolute tenant of, of what I teach. If you are out of alignment, you will know, and there's no denying it. And like I said earlier, it is a cumulative thing. You can distract temporarily, but once that distraction fades, you will feel it twofold. And that's the best thing because it's a compass. It's your map. It tells you where you need to go. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a pleasure. I hope everyone listening has learned a little bit or at least been inspired within themselves to keep on their path of finding their own alignment and listening to their soul's messaging. We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard. And we want to share yours. For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time. 